Building influence is something anyone can learn. It's an investment you can make in yourself and it can hold the keys to achieving your dreams and having the life and impact you want to have. I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. I've learned a lot over three decades about building and sustaining influence and how using it and using it effectively can make a big, big difference in your life and career. Here on She Said, She Said podcast, we're digging into the different dimensions that help us build and sustain influence. If you thought being an influencer was just for social media, think again. Whether you're starting a business, raising money for a cause, negotiating a promotion, running your household, or trying to connect with those who don't share your views, understanding and using the different dimensions of influence will increase your chances of success whatever your goals may be. Listening to She Said, She Said podcast is a smart, efficient investment you can make in you. I'm really glad you're here and I'm excited we're on this journey together. Hey friend, welcome to She Said, She Said podcast. This is episode 229. You know, I've been thinking about our past couple of guests who helped me kick off this season. We've talked about the importance of investing in a digital brand or investing in making sure that how you're using your digital strategy, using your social media, how it actually supports your bigger goals. Why are you potentially building that bigger digital brand or footprint? Why do you need a more robust following on one of the social media platforms? Answering those questions can be the real secret to how you can grow your following. We talk more about that in episode 227 with Madeline Fetterling, who is the founder of Be The Brand Collective. Then in episode 228 last week, we dove into how we can do a better job of communicating our value and why that matters. That was my conversation with the fabulous Dr. Laura Camaccio. Laura, of course, is the host of a podcast called Speak Up with Laura, and I'll be joining her on a future episode of her podcast in the coming weeks. And of course, we kicked off the season with a focus on how really being in tune with our story can help us as we set our goals for the new year. Now, as I've reflected on both those conversations and all of this material, I was thinking about the role that story plays as a thread that runs through all of this. Each episode illustrates clearly the need to craft and really curate our story, the story we tell ourselves and the story that we share with the world and how our mission or how we decide to define our purpose, to use that obviously overused word, how that drives the way in which we communicate and ultimately the messages that we share. Those are important pieces to illustrating our value and to talking about our work in a way that's constructive and effective and not just about bragging. Bragging done the right way is actually not bragging, but it's effectively communicating our value as we talked about with Dr. Laura. And that, my friend, is an important part of how we build our credibility and ultimately our influence. But there is another very important element that is related to story. And it's one that can hold us back from communicating our brand and our value as effectively as perhaps we need to. 
And it's something that can be a major roadblock to actually putting into practice all of the great advice that we've gotten from Madeline and Laura. Any guesses? It's perfectionism. Now, as a card-carrying member of the mostly or somewhat reformed perfectionist club, I do know a thing or two about this topic, and you may as well. So if perfectionism is something that you struggle with, you are in very good company. There are plenty of us who experience this and who have found ways to channel all that perfectionistic energy in ways that can help us continue to move forward. But the secret, I think, is that we have to first recognize some of those tendencies that might seem a little less obvious at first, but then, cre- but that can create a vicious perfectionistic cycle and one that will hold us back from achieving either our dreams or our influence, or frankly, both. Now, since I'm in confession mode a bit today, I should also tell you that I was probably further along in my career than I should have been when I really began to understand what perfection is or the damage it could do or the impact that it would ultimately have on my own ability to grow. In reality, perfection had indeed served me well at different points in my life. It was only when I grew into more senior roles in my career that those tendencies, my particular perfectionistic tendencies, ultimately became counterproductive. And it forced me to take a good hard look at how I was working and most importantly, the story that I was telling myself about my work, about my mission, and ultimately about my value. And if I'm being really honest, I still have to remember to remind myself of that. When I don't, Honestly, those perfectionistic tendencies can fuel a lot of self-doubt and ultimately make it incredibly difficult to do all the things that are important to building my business and to serving an audience and all the ways that hopefully are helpful to others. The same kind of self-doubt can also stand in the way of our telling our most compelling stories about who we are and the value that we bring. The kind of self-doubt that can stand in the way of our being able to fully leverage the great advice from both Madeline and Laura in episodes 227 and 228. Now, before I get into specifics, let me back up for just a second and give some much-needed credit where it's due. I was actually scrolling through my list of podcasts that I use to keep myself informed and inspired. And I ran across a fabulous one, truly fabulous, featuring journalist Dan Harris, who is the author of 10% Happier, and he's the host of a podcast by the same name. And Dan was interviewing award-winning behavioral psychologist and author Adam Grant on the topic of perfectionism. It caught my attention for a couple of reasons. First, they're both brilliant but also because Adam generously shared his time with me when I was first launching She Said, She Said podcast. He gave me a bit of coaching and he helped me with a few initial connections and just gave me an overall boost of confidence. Adam actually has a terrific TED talk on the topic of perfectionism as well. Now, I still think that women have cornered the market on perfectionism, but I did find this conversation between Dan and Adam really interesting as they talked about how perfectionism is actually on the rise, despite the fact that we actually know so much more 
about the tendency and what drives it. And frankly, we have better tools for dealing with it. Now, I say dealing with it because from my perspective, if you've ever found yourself struggling with perfectionism, I'm not convinced that it ever fully leaves you. Instead, with increased self-awareness, you can become much more attuned to the triggers and the tendencies and actually teach yourself how to redirect those things because they're likely to be really personal to you. Now, let's dig into a couple of my favorite signs of perfectionism and ones that can actually stand in the way of creating our more impactful brands and ultimately communicating our story and our value. The first is fear. We might feel that fear, especially related to something that is new or different or where the outcome is uncertain. This can be especially true when we're talking about taking a big career risk or maybe leaving a job without a clear path for what might be next. It's fear of the unknown. For the perfectionist, the fear is often fear of failure or a fear of not being good enough or a fear of being found out or that you're an imposter. The perfectionist sets unreasonably high standards for herself and others, and she can become overwhelmed with feelings of anxiety and self-doubt. And when she's not able to meet those impossibly high standards, or maybe when she's afraid that she won't be able to, and therefore is afraid to even try. She may also feel an acute fear of being judged or criticized by others. All of this fear can lead to an overall reluctance to take risks or to try new things. Fear can also be directly related to procrastination. And procrastination can also be evidence of perfectionism. We don't always think about it that way, but let me give you an example. Maybe you say to yourself, if I just sit here long enough and maybe work just a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer and do a little more research and a little more and a little more and a little more, then I'll be able to apply for that promotion or reach out to that sponsor or make that new connection or whatever. Now, let me be really clear here and underscore that I'm not talking about appropriate preparation. Rather, I'm talking about over-preparation. When you are over-preparing, you already know the material or you have enough evidence, but you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper in a manner that ultimately can become counterproductive. Now, clearly, friend, this is subjective, right? You have to be your best arbiter to figure out sort of how much preparation is enough. But it's an important question to ask yourself. If what I've said resonates with you even a little bit, because here's what can happen. The longer you wait, the more your fear tends to build. The relief valve for that fear tends to be doing, actually putting your knowledge out there and putting it into practice. The doing and engaging and testing tends to be what helps you plow through the fear because that's what helps you build confidence. But if you never put that knowledge into practice and use it, it won't do nearly as much to help you build your confidence. Said another way, and using one of the levers that I've talked about that's so important for building influence, it requires that you engage with intentional persistence. So in addition to knowing the material, 
you also are acting with intention and putting it into practice so that you can learn from the process and continue to refine it. It's this fear and reluctance to put yourself out there that can actually stand in the way of your ability to build a stronger brand. As Dr. Laura Camaccio and I talked about in our conversation, your knowledge will only take you so far if you aren't ready to communicate your value. So ask yourself, is perfection holding you back? Or if you're wasting time on things that don't matter and you're getting lost in the minutia and maybe missing the big picture, stop and ask yourself why. Now, in addition to the act of doing, let me give you five more tips that can really help keep perfectionism in check. The first is be proactive, which is obviously a little related to what I just said, but create opportunities to challenge yourself, maybe every week or month, and commit to do things that you find difficult, but use where you are, not where others are, as you benchmark your progress. That's really important. Try to compare yourself only to you, not to other people. There are likely lots of folks who are in similar businesses or similar roles, and you may be inclined to compare yourself and your journey to theirs. But try to avoid that. By benchmarking your own progress against yourself, you're much more likely to stay focused and actually move the ball further than if you focus too much on where others are and what they're doing. You can make a note of it, of course, but the point is to keep yourself laser focused on your own growth and what you need to do to move yourself forward. My second tip, create a pregame strategy. Before you take the risk, make a list of what you think you'll learn in advance of actually taking that risk. You might also create a list of what you'll do if or when your risk fails or your idea is rejected. What's your backup plan? What will you do next? By planning for a setback in advance, it can help you feel more confident taking the risk and also can give you a bit of a cushion if or when you need to recalibrate. Number three, create a post-game analysis. Keep track of all those challenges and how they turned out, and most importantly, what you learned in the process. Maybe your pitch was rejected. How might you improve it? Maybe it was the wrong potential client. Maybe you could circle back with an additional data point that was missing, or maybe just take the fact that you've tried it and go after another. Number four, review your story, and most importantly, your mindset. What was the story reel that was playing in your head as you made that pitch? Who are you? What is the value you provide? How can you help that person, organization, or potential client? How clear was that story in your head? And finally, number five, get some external feedback on how you did. Now, on this last point, I heard something really interesting in the conversation between Adam Grant and Dan Harris that I talked about earlier, and I found this particularly valuable. Adam recommended giving yourself a grade on how well you handled the feedback rather than just focusing on your performance or whatever you were receiving the feedback on. The reason why 
is because perfectionists tend to have some trouble with this one. (laughs) So by reminding yourself to stay focused on using the feedback to learn and not taking it as some kind of a grade on your value as a person, which is also something that perfectionists tend to to, to do to themselves, it's much more likely to be useful for you. So to wrap up this week's episode, if you're having some trouble putting yourself out there and utilizing the tips on building your brand and communicating your value, give some thought to my suggestions about perfectionism. If this is something that you relate to, you are not broken, but you might be missing opportunities to really share your unique and special value with the world while also building more influence for yourself in the process. Friend, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this or any of our She Said, She Said podcast episodes. How does this perspective on perfectionism strike you? And what other ways do you find that help you keep that tendency in check? I would really love to hear about your experiences. And if you missed episodes 227 and 228 that I mentioned a few times in this episode, you can find links to both of those in the show notes for this episode, episode 229. You'll find the show notes on my website at she said, she said podcast.com. There you will also find a full free downloadable transcript of this episode. Until next week, friend, you take care and I'll talk to you again real soon. She Said, She Said podcast is produced weekly by She Said, She Said Media.